As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. And this week's reviewer of the week is Maddie Mackley. And funny enough, I actually had her share her birth story on the podcast not too long ago. So if you haven't tuned into that, make sure to do it. But she says, best birth course for every mama. I started listening to the podcast as soon as I found out I was pregnant. My goal was to give birth at the hospital with a walking epidural, and I was hoping to be induced. After listening to every episode and learning every unbiased aspect of birth, my perspective changed and I had an unmedicated birth at a birth center at 41 weeks and one day. I owe it all to this podcast and the My Essential Birth course for achieving the birth I wanted. Just found out baby number two is on the way and it's time to start listening to every episode again. I want to thank everyone who has listened to the podcast and who is willing to write a review. If you haven't done that yet, please go do that. Um, you can leave reviews on Apple podcast and we all have instructions in the show notes for you guys. It's pretty simple and it'll help other women be able to find the podcast just that much easier. So kind of leading from Maddie's experience and the fact that she was able to tell her birth story, her incredible birth story on the podcast as well. I have with me today, another, my essential birth mama who is here to tell her birth story to all of you. So So Carly, will you take a moment and introduce yourself, please? Hi, um, my name is Carly McMunn. Um, I've been married to my husband, Trevor, for about six years, um, and I'm a little bit, you know, crunchy. I'm into pretty much all the kind of like natural lifestyle things, wellness, movement, nutrition. Um, So when we were talking about um, trying to have a baby, I knew that like planning for a physiologic birth was something that it was going to be like um, very important to me. Um, So that's kind of like a little bit about us. We did just recently move to the Pittsburgh area after being in Philadelphia for the last five years where my husband was doing medical school. um, And that's where our our daughter was born this past January. 
That's awesome. Okay, medical school. I feel like I have some questions as we get going here, but I, w- I want to know if any of that like played a role. Maybe you can just give us like a brief synopsis before we jump yeah, into like the um, whole thing. But So we both are actually medical professionals. I am a NICU nurse and my husband is a medical doctor now. So kind of interesting that we're like medical professionals, um, but also we're really interested in having an unmedicated low intervention birth um, with uh, not necessarily kind of your traditional providers. So it played a role in the sense that we know what like hospital births look like. We're both really familiar with what that looks like, especially as a NICU nurse. Um, I've obviously seen a lot of different uh, birth outcomes and worked in that kind of space. So yeah, it played a role in what we knew could happen. Um, but we were also very open to um, looking at birth as a normal natural process instead of something that's a disease and illness that needs to be treated. Um, and so it played a role in our, like our perspective and our viewpoint, but yeah, I think it also, it just like allowed us to kind of see that we could do things maybe differently than what we had been like witnessing. I love that. Can I ask if you, because you are NICU and you're working with babies that have had maybe a little bit of a struggle, you know, on the other side of birth, um, was there anything that you found you had to do for yourself to get in the right mindset or were there any fears that you had to kind of hurdle over for your own experience and not bring into your birth space? Um, I will. Yeah, definitely had some um, anxiety surrounding being pregnant probably more so about the actual pregnancy and birth process than even, you know, some of the like anxieties that follow into like new motherhood, just because I've seen sort of the like range of things that can go wrong in pregnancy. Um, And I did also work up like up throughout my whole pregnancy. So I was, you know, taking care of babies that at, at some point, it was like the baby I was carrying inside of me was older, bigger than the babies I was taking care of. Um, at work. So yeah, definitely was uh, a big part of our like preparation for birth was just trying to kind of separate that compartmentalize and realize the things that I was seeing every day um, are really statistically not um, everybody's experience and are not normal and just having to kind of like separate those two things um, in order to like keep my own mental space in like a good spot for carrying our baby. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's really neat. And I love that you are in there helping little babies and their mom. So thank you for the work that you do. That's pretty incredible. Thank you. Okay. So tell me, if you will, a little bit about your pregnancy. Um, Was there anything unique to your pregnancy? Were there any concerns that came up? What did that look like for you? Um, So I actually loved being pregnant. Um, I'm seven months out and actually really miss being pregnant. Um, I had some of, you know, like the kind of the typical symptoms people talk about, like Um, especially in the first trimester, I was more tired and I had like the breast tenderness and, um, some like weird food cravings, especially for meat. I thought that was really funny. Um, (laughs) I woke up every morning being like, wow, I could really go for some beef jerky, which was like a new experience. Um, but really I felt so good. Most of the time I felt really blessed and thankful that I didn't have any morning sickness. Um, when I, as soon as I hit second trimester, I was kind of back to my normal energy levels. I slept well throughout my pregnancy. I loved as soon as I could start feeling like her moving, I loved being able to feel her move and kick and have the hiccups every day. And just really enjoyed that like time that it was just like the two of us to connect for the nine months that I got to carry her inside of me. Um, so yeah, honestly, I like, I felt pretty good throughout our pregnancy, um, was able to keep working night shift. So like, I knew, I was really nervous when I first got pregnant. I was like, what's the morning sickness and the, that type of thing going to be like my sleep schedule. Um, but yeah, my body actually like did really well being pregnant. Um, I felt kind of like my best self being pregnant, <laughs> which is kind of funny. 
That's awesome. I think more women need to hear that because pregnancy, it can get all of those the like bad rap of, oh, I'm so sore and achy and tired and I don't like my hair or my skin or whatever. And I think more women need to hear that it's some of us actually really enjoy being pregnant. <laughs> like yeah. It can be a really positive experience. So thank you for that. Um, how about your providers? What, what did you choose for a provider? Did you happen to choose an OB or a midwife? Did you deliver or give birth in a hospital or out of hospital? What did that look like for you? Um, so as far as providers, we had, I'd kind of had my eye on, um, a specific midwife group that I'd been, a couple of my coworkers had delivered with them. Um, so before we had even tried to get pregnant, I was like, okay, like I have my eye on them. Like that's who I want to go after. So it's a private midwife group. It's four certified nurse midwives and they do, they have delivery rights at, um, a large hospital. So they only do hospital births. Um, they have like a good partnership with the OBs there, with the labor and delivery nurses there, but it's like their own specific thing where they go in and they're the primary providers. They just use the like same rooms and space as what the people delivering at that hospital would be like. Um, it does have a level three NICU with like good doctors that I, um, knew of. And I will say, I know some people feel like nervous in a hospital setting, and this is probably because of our like background, but my husband and I are actually probably more comfortable in a hospital Mm -hmm. setting than in a lot of other places. So we weren't nervous about the, like, it doesn't feel like sterile and like not relaxing and that type of thing to us. It's more of like the comfort of having, uh, like operating rooms and a NICU close by, like those things actually help us like kind of relax a little bit. So especially for our first birth, we wanted the option to have sort of a more holistic provider, the like nurse midwife experience, but also like be in a hospital location. And this was sort of the like perfect balance of those things. So we got the hospital, but also we were uh, specifically working with um, the nurse midwives and the way our practice was set up, there was I said four nurse midwives and they sort of like rotated you through for your prenatal appointments so that hopefully when you went to deliver, it would be, uh, one of the midwives that you had like previously seen at an appointment. Um, and it actually worked out really well, um, for us. And we got one of, I honestly, she was probably our favorite. We'd had her for most of our appointments and she was on call when we delivered. So she also got to deliver our baby. So that worked out really well for us. That's, that's really cool. I know I have like a strong feeling that like who is supposed to be there is going to be there. And I love that you kind of like willed that into it. Like this is who I feel like should be in my birth space. And then you got to experience that. So it's really cool. Yeah. Okay. That makes me curious. So you already had this midwife team picked out. Um, were there any special or specific questions that kind of came up for you with that team or, or did you end up like, were you kind of interviewing each midwife as they came in and that's how you decided? Or was there a process of like, tell tell me what it was about the midwife team versus other providers that had, that made a difference for you? So yeah, the kind of the funny thing is, so I'd sort of had them picked out. I knew that I wanted like an unmedicated low intervention birth, but I hadn't started doing a lot of that like research until after we were pregnant and I'd already selected the provider. So then I sort of like did some like back work and made sure like I, well, I binge listened to like the whole podcast. And so (laughs) then I was like, okay, like, let me make sure that they're on the same page. I think they are like, but let me make sure. So I, every time I'd go in for an appointment, I would like come up with like another like little list of questions and, um, like make sure that we were on the same page with things. And, um, we just like kept aligning, which like felt really good. Mm -hmm. I did know that we would have some limitations, um, from answers that like our midwives could give us based on the fact that we were still delivering in a hospital. So 
being in the medical field, I'm like well aware that hospital policy is still going to dictate like what Mm -hmm. they're allowed to do. Does that make sense? So like, because they have delivery rights, they're still going to, okay. So if the hospital doesn't let you carry past 42 weeks, they're going to have to induce you before 42 weeks. And that's not like a practice decision. That's not a personal decision. That's like because they're delivering at that hospital. So it was kind of more figuring out like what the hospital policy would be um, because we were choosing to have a hospital birth. Okay. That's really neat. So did you end up giving birth at the hospital that you work at or a different one? And was that on purpose? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. So it's a different hospital than what I worked at. Um, I worked at a children's hospital, so we would only, it wasn't a delivery hospital. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we only delivered babies at my hospital if they like had a prenatal diagnosis and were knew that they were going to be in the NICU. But um, the hospital that we did choose to deliver at, their NICU was staffed by doctors from my children's hospital. Oh, that's so cool. So you kind of had some like family there. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Okay. Uh, Will you talk to me about your birth partner and kind of how he was involved? um, At what point you felt like he was really involved in decision making or what that communication looked like for you guys, what kind of support he provided during pregnancy, during the labor process, maybe what was the most helpful for you guys, anything that way in the way of your birth partner. Yeah, of course. Um, so my birth partner is um, was my husband, Trevor. Um, I will say that while I'm a little bit crunchy, he like goes along with my stuff, but like that's not his like, <laughs> that's not his thing. Um, you know, so like I, I feed him pretty healthy and he like listens to the things that I tell him, but he also is like kind of much more accustomed to like, he's follows a pretty typical like Western medicine culture. Um, so I was a little nervous about approaching him with like my ideas for an unmedicated and like physiologic birth. Um, so I kind of started with like telling him the things that I was like feeling about it. And then I like picked out a couple podcast episodes for him to listen to. And I was like, this is really important to me. That's I really awesome. think we should get a doula. How do you feel about this? <laughs> um, so I, while I knew that like he is really fantastic at cheering me on and supporting me in the things that like matter most to me, I knew that if it were like just up to him, like he'd be like, give me an epidural, give me all the drugs. Like that's what I want. So I had to sort of like bridge that gap and be like, this is really important to me and you love me. So like, (laughs) how can you help me achieve this goal? Um, and he actually did a great job of like coming alongside of me and like becoming that support person. Um, we did hire a doula. Um, that was something that I felt like, especially for our first birth and with him not having, um, like ever seen a unmedicated birth before. I really wanted like that third support person. Yeah. Um, 
because both, I mean, both of us have been present at multiple other people's births. We've both been present for C-sections, but he'd never seen an unmedicated birth. He, I mean, he's helped deliver babies when he was in medical school, but they were all, wow. all medicated, all like, uh, kind of your typical like hospital births. So, yeah. um, yeah, I showed him some podcasts and then was like, can we please do the birth course? And he was a really good sport and did the birth course and took it seriously. Um, and we, our schedules were pretty busy and we were able to kind of like carve that time out so that we could do the birth course together. And honestly, I feel like that was like really helpful in getting us onto the same page as well. And then, like I said, he was there for like kind of the interview process for the doulas. And then we selected a doula. She actually came to our house and did two, um, like home education appointments with us. And I feel like that was really helpful. She showed him some like hands-on techniques for, um, like coping with contractions and that type of thing. And all of that, um, was really helpful. But then we, so like, we're kind of on the same page. We've come up with this, like our birth map, our birth plan ideas. We've all talked about it. Um, I'm still feeling a little nervous that in the moment, like when he sees me in that much pain, when he sees me (laughs) in labor, like, is he going to be the one that's like, uh, should we like retalk about an epidural? Um, so that was still like in the back of my mind, I was still like nervous that he wasn't going to like handle seeing me, um, like hurting. So, and then our kind of like snafu was at 37 weeks pregnant. I, uh, got a call from our doula. We were like in the middle of driving. We'd just gone home to see family for Christmas. We both got COVID. So I'm 37 weeks pregnant. We both have COVID now and we're driving the 10 hours back to our home. So that's a 10 hour road trip. I'm very pregnant. We're both sick. And I get a call from our doula and she's like, your hospital just changed their visitor policy and I'm not going to be able to be at your birth. No. Um, And like that rocked my world. I remember feeling like, so we, up until this point, we've had this like pretty like low risk pregnancy. Everything's going great. We have our birth plan. We have our doula. And I'm like, what? Like what (laughs) now? Like, I don't want to switch providers. I can't switch birthplaces if I don't switch providers. Yeah. I'm 37 weeks pregnant. I could literally go into labor in the next like two weeks we're both sick now. And like the doula can't be there. And I honestly, like, I remember crying to my husband the night that I found out and being like, I feel so trapped in my own body. Like, I'm not ready to have this baby anymore. We can't go back. Like, but we're stuck now. I, I feel like if I would have known at the beginning, I could have made better choices, but like, we're here now. And she's now she's taken away from me. And like, what, like, what do we do? We have to have the baby, but I don't think I can do it. I can't do it. Um, and he, like sat down with me with like a note, uh, like a notepad and was like, okay, tell me all the things you're worried about. And we just started like writing them down. And he was like, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do it for you. Um, and like in the moment, I just remember being like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, but I sort of like surrendered that to him. Um, our faith is really important to us and we prayed about it a lot. And, Um, I moved into a new headspace where I was like, I'm going to fully trust him as being my only support person now. Um, I knew that like, if I didn't let go and and do that, there was no way I was going to be able to be like in a healthy mental space to be able to deliver our baby. So that was kind of our, like our hiccup, but we'd done the prep work ahead of time. Um, he knew the things that I wanted. We did still have the doula available to come to our house. Um, so this sort of like shifted our plan to be like, okay, labor at home as long as possible. And then we're going to go to the hospital and she can still like text, call, FaceTime, whatever, if he needs like extra ideas, but like he is going to be my doula. So that was kind of how I ended up with, um, a husband, a doctor, a husband doula. I love that. 
you talked about your faith too. And so if you don't mind me asking, and again, you do not have to answer this, but if you don't mind me asking, I'm curious how that came about for you guys. You talked about surrendering. You talked about leaning on your husband in this area. Were there some shifts that you made or some ways that you use that spirituality that really um, changed things for the positive for you and kind of like something that you could share that if other women heard this, like they might be able to utilize that as well. Um, I think a, a big part was just like praying together, praying over like our actual like labor and our baby's health. Um, and then my own like mental space as well. But then I also, um, use it, like created some birth affirmations. Some I used like the find it and flip it affirmations that you talk about in the birth course, but I also added in some like scripture affirmations. So like scripture that I was meditating mm-hmm. on, um, that, you know, like that God was going to be with us and, um, sort of had this like mantra that like, I trust God and I trust my baby and I like trust God who created my, my baby and my body to be able to do this. Um, and so that was something that I sort of just like really relied on, um, and and leaned into, especially once I started to feel afraid prior to the actual like birth. Yeah, that's great. I, um, I, I love that you shared that. I think that there, you know, whether we call it whether you are spiritual or a churchgoer or, you know, religious, whatever you want to call it, there is something special about being pregnant with a little life inside of you that you are getting to know that you haven't met yet and that you've created it with this other person. And like, there's this just, there's a whole background of things going on as this new family is like created. And I love involving either that spirituality or that religion, that faith, that prayer, um, because I think it holds strong as we go into motherhood. I think we can lean on some of those experiences as well. So thank you for sharing that because I know it's going to help other women as well. Uh, I think I love too, that your husband was so dedicated, so in love with you and willing to work with you that it was like, nope, I'm going to fix this, right? Like man of the house. <laughs> like I love the notepad and the like, what do you need? I'm the fixer. Let's make it work. And then becoming your doula. Like I, I wonder if more men would step into that role if they were kind of forced to in a positive way like that. Cause I just love that, like stepping up instead of the, well, the doula is here. My husband has talked about this. He's kind of guilty of it, you know? Dual is here, like I'm gonna do my thing, but it's gonna be okay, or this isn't really like my space, or I don't know exactly all of the like thoughts behind it. But to really like own that space as the birth partner, I just think is huge. So I'm really grateful you shared that. And I feel like I wanna talk to more moms about that as well. Um, will you talk to me a little bit about your preparation? You mentioned the birth course, you mentioned the podcast. Obviously, you were probably doing some like physical things, but like what did your day-to-day look like? And if you can get into the nitty-gritty details, because that's what women are asking for. Like I I want to know what moms did every day, like down to the details so that they can get prepped too. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm kind of a planner. Um, I'm a little bit of like a chronic overstudier. So I sort of did a little <laughs> bit of like all the things that I could find, um, got lots of ideas from the podcast. So that was like a huge, like starting spot for me. Um, and then obviously the birth course. Um, so yeah, as far as, um, like nutrition and that like aspect went, um, I really took the like 75 grams of protein a day seriously. Um, I recorded my diet for like a week or so. So I like really knew what like 75 grams of protein, like looked like felt like, and especially with, um, my like days, like flip-flopping because I work night shift. I was really just like intentional Mm -hmm. with getting, um, that protein. I was really good about my water intake. I was drinking like probably about like 90 ounces a day of water. Um, 
I did lots of healthy fats and like looked up recipes for like um, high healthy fat and high protein snacks. I had this little like cheat that I would make um, tuna salad, like my regular tuna salad recipe, but I switched it out for sardines, which sounds gross. Oh, I love but, it. Like, no, we do that. I switched it out and it like couldn't tell a difference. Then it was like, okay, a low mercury option, like also really healthy because of sardines. And so just things like that, where I would like incorporate, um, as much healthy food into my diet as possible. And really just had this mindset of like, I'm feeding me and my baby, which was like, it just brought a whole like new excitement to, mm-hmm. um, eating healthy. Cause I don't know, people say like eating for two. And I was like, yeah, I'm eating for two in the sense that like, I get to like provide nutrition for both of us. And this is like one of the first things that I get to do for my daughter. So, um, just, that was like really exciting to me. Um, I did the like red raspberry leaf tea starting in my second trimester. I'd actually been drinking that, um, prior to getting pregnant during my periods and had found that to be really helpful with cramping. So I was already Mm -hmm. used to drinking it, um, and drank lots of that in my second and third trimester. I did the dates at the end of pregnancy. Um, I made this like oatmeal every morning that I would put like all six dates in. I would chop it up (laughs) and like sweeten my oatmeal with it. So good. Um, As far as like books and other resources, I did a lot of like reading. Um, I really liked uh, Mama Natural's Guide to Pregnancy. I know a lot of people really like that book. Um, And Expecting Better, I thought was a really good like science forward pregnancy book. I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth because that had great, lots and lots of stories um, of unmedicated births. So that was really inspiring. And then um, a book called The Montessori Baby was really good as well. Um, we knew that we wanted to do kind of like a Montessori, Montessori, uh, style parenting approach. And so that was like, Mm. there's stuff about pregnancy though, even in that book. So that was really encouraging. Um, and then I just started listening to so many positive birth stories, watching positive birth videos. Um, like I said, especially because of my job, I'd seen plenty of the negative. I need, like, I was all about like, I will, I want to hear everyone's birth story, but like, if I, if it's a negative one, we're going to just maybe wait until after I've had my baby, like we're all in like a positive birth story space. So I really like sought those out, talked to other moms who'd had unmedicated, um, deliveries and just like really focused on that. Um, as far as movement on my days off. So I worked three 12 hour shifts a week on my days off. I really tried to, um, exercise on those days. And I actually did a, like one of the pronatal fitness, I think I heard about them on your podcast, um, if you interviewed prenatal fitness. Um, but I did one of her like workout plans, um, throughout my second trimester, did lots of walks. Um, I did spinning babies yoga, especially towards Mm. the end. They have a yoga video that I really liked. Um, I will say in my close to the end, I was like 34, 35 weeks. I started having some pelvic girdle pain. Um, and, it wasn't really like SPD. It was more like localized in my right hip. Um, but it was kind of the first like, okay, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't <laughs> feel normal thing that had happened during my pregnancy. So I found a pelvic floor therapist and started seeing her like as soon as I could get in. And she helped me sort of like modified my movement. She got me a pelvic support belt. That was so helpful. If someone's anyone struggling with um, pelvic girdle pain, SPD, finding a support belt to use for walking and Um, when you're like standing for a long time was really, really helpful. And I was able to kind of like my pain, um, was sort of like plateaued and then was like manageable throughout the rest of, um, my pregnancy. Um, I used the birth ball all the time, especially in my third trimester. I like camped out on that thing. Um, I did do the three 
the three exercises you guys talk about, um, as soon as I heard about them, I did them just about every day. There was probably a couple days where I worked where I missed them. Um, but I tried to do them just about every day. Um, there was more than one time where it was like, oh, got to do my exercises quick before I like get, <laughs> go awesome. to bed at night. Um, but I think those were really helpful and um, really enjoyed doing like the like low deep squats. I would just basically it's like if I'm going to be like watching TV or something, I was like sitting on my birth ball or like sitting in a deep squat because like, why not? Yeah, um, that's great. And then as far as like relaxation and meditation practice goes, um, I learned a lot about that during the birth course and in like my second trimester. And then like got really serious about it in my third trimester. I was doing like meditation practice at least probably all the days I wasn't working. And then sometimes like going to sleep on my days where I did work. Um, and I listened to, um, some of your guided meditation tracks, but then there's also an app called Christian hypnobirthing. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, but they have like, um, it's like a very affordable, um, I think that's a subscription plan, but I paid for like, I don't know, the last few months of my pregnancy and it was very affordable. Um, and there's a couple like, a, like a list of tracks to listen to both for pregnancy and actual labor and delivery. Um, she has an Australian accent, so they're very enjoyable to listen oh, to. I love that. And, yes. <laughs> um, I loved listening to those and then built to birth also has meditation tracks on her YouTube channel. Um, and I listened to a bunch of those. Um, I picked out a, pregnancy essential oil blend. So I had like lavender and orange that I was using, um, that I diffused when I was doing relaxation meditation. A lot of the meditation I did on my own, although Trevor did sometimes like listen to them with me or like, um, give me a massage while I was listening. Um, so he was involved a little bit there. And then right when I actually made it to my due date, um, I did do the miles circuit both on my due date. And then the day I went into labor, I had done it a second time. Um, and I did like a extra concentrated red raspberry leaf tea and I pumped a couple times after my due date. But those are like really the only other things that I did before I went into labor on my own. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So let's get to it. Tell me from that very first contraction, let's go to your birth. Um, yeah. So actually the very first thing that happened to me was um, my water broke and I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was really prepared for like this whole like early labor phase, feeling some contractions, but I'd had no signs of labor yet. Um, I'd really like mentally prepared myself. Like I'm going to go at least a week over. Um, so I was like still feeling really good, still moving, doing all the things I would normally do. Um, and ended up on a Sunday night. So Sunday night, I went into labor like three days after my due date. So I was like not expecting it yet. I hadn't had any Braxton Hicks really, um, hadn't lost my mucus plug, no bloody show. Like literally none of, none of the like possible you're going into labor signs. Sunday night, just after midnight, I'm laying in bed reading cause I'm like a chronic night owl. <laughs> Can't go to bed early. So I like haven't slept yet laying in bed reading and I feel like a gush pop and like enough like that I like soaked my underwear and I'm like sitting in a little puddle in my bed <laughs> and I like I wasn't doing anything I knew I hadn't peed trust me I peed my pants a lot of times while I was pregnant <laughs> this was like this wasn't pee um Trevor was still awake too and he was downstairs like resetting our wi-fi or something so I just remember calling out to him like hey babe pretty sure my water just broke um so he like came upstairs I went and sat on the toilet it was like my water looked fine, smelled fine. I put a pad on so I could keep an eye on it. Um, but yeah, my water broke and it was the first thing and I was going, Oh no, like the only thing that I don't want is to be 
induced. I don't want to be induced. And Mm -hmm. like now my water's broken. I was also GBS positive. So I was like, my, my medical brain is like ticking and I'm like, no, I've just started a time clock for myself. And Mm -hmm. if even as like natural and holistic as my providers are, if I call them right now and tell them that my water broke, they are going to tell me to go into the hospital. It's the middle of the night. I haven't had a single sign of labor. And like, I'm, I'm going to end up induced if I go into the hospital right now. Like, so that's, that's what my brain was doing. Um, I was kind of like involuntarily, like uncontrollably shaking. I remember telling Trevor, I was like, please, can we just not tell anyone? Let's just not tell anyone that it happened. Like, let's just keep it. Maybe, maybe I peed. I probably peed. Right. Like I, <laughs> I knew that my water broke. So I like put a pad in my underwear so I could keep an eye on it. But like, I know the signs to look for. My water looked fine. I was like, let's just go like lay down for a little and rest. We can like, let's, we can call the doula. We can tell the doula and like text her. So she knows what's going on. It's like 1am that way if like stuff progresses in the middle of the night, like she'll have a heads up. Um, she was a little far away from us, but like, let's not tell anyone else yet. Like, we'll just keep it a secret. So we laid down. He was like, okay, we'll try to get some rest. You're right. We haven't even like slept yet. I trust you. Like, this is what you want to do. That's fine. So we laid down and tried to sleep. And probably 30 minutes later, I kind of started to feel like I was starting my period. So I had sort of like my normal, like achy lower back, achy legs. Those are like my very common, like period symptoms, but nothing that felt like a contraction. So I was like, okay, maybe this is like a good sign. This is a weird sign. I don't know what this means. (laughs) This isn't a contraction though. Like, I don't know what that's supposed to feel like yet. Um, so Trevor's like trying to rest. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to start my period. And then at 145, I had what I would consider my first contraction now that I know what it feels like. Um, and it was sort of the same like feelings, except for it was more centralized in my abdomen as well. And the biggest hint was it had like a definite like peak and release, like where it mm. kind of increased and then um, let up. So my first contraction was at 1:45. My water had broken at 1 a.m. We had uh, called the doula, so we were text. I was texting her like back and forth. Trevor was sleeping, and um, then I just kind of started to like labor on my own. Um, sort of the funny thing is that after I had my first contraction, I went from being in no signs of labor to pretty much right from the beginning. My contractions were like at least six minutes apart, um, lasting for a minute and like pretty intense. So I was going, okay, like I should probably finish packing my hospital bag, which was like not fully packed. So <laughs> Trevor's sleeping. I'm trying to like pack some things in between these contractions, but all of a sudden it's like, I can't even like get up and move in between. I'm, I'm going, okay, so I don't know if this is like a low pain tolerance issue or like a false labor. This isn't the real thing issue. I'm like, at this point, I don't know why I'm a nurse. I should know that like I'm three days past (laughs) my due date. My contractions are coming every five minutes and lasting a minute and are are, like very consistent. And I'm going, it's probably not labor. Like it's, it definitely (laughs) wouldn't be that yet. I'm like picturing the people who are in early labor, they can like go to Target and like take a shower and finish packing. So that's like, I was, I wanted that. I wanted that time to like get ready. So in my, I don't know, I'm like in denial. I've decided this is, this is probably like some type of weird false labor, or I have like a very low pain tolerance and I need to just like get over myself. Um, but at this point I'm sort of just switching between like hands and knees, sitting on the toilet, sitting on my birth ball, um, laying on my side, And I did also put my TENS unit on. I had a TENS unit rental from my doula. So 
Um, I'm, and I'm using the TENS unit. So that's kind of what's going on. My contractions are coming about every four minutes now. Trevor's still sleeping. I'm still doing this like little routine on my own. Um, sort of just like kind of going deep inside and focusing, breathing. At this point, I'm just like breathing. Um, and had to be like pretty still and quiet during my contractions. I, I, uh, went back and looked at a text I'd sent our doula cause I wanted to see like how I described a contraction in the moment. Um, and what I'd said to her was it starts low back and wraps around to my front. The worst pain is low across my abdomen. I can't move during them and I definitely need to breathe and focus. And it takes a little bit to recover after the back pressure always stays. So that's like how I described a contraction in the moment to our doula. Um, I ended up waking up Trevor like just before 5am. He'd been like awake and like, he'd been checking on me. He wasn't like passed out having the best sleep of his life, but I like got him up a little before five and was like, okay, I think I need more help. And he moved me downstairs to the living room with my birth ball. He started my lavender diffusing. He turned on my birth playlist, got me some dry toast and water. And I sort of just like continued this like breathing state downstairs. Um, but I did sort of like move into a deeper place of concentration and focus at this point and was like no longer responding to, I was not texting our doula anymore. I was no longer timing my own contractions. I think he was timing them. Um, but honestly it was like the time was flying by whenever I hear people talk about being in labor for, you know, like a day, two days, I just picture that having to feel like the longest time, the, <laughs> like the hours were going by like seconds. Like I truly yeah. don't, I don't know if it's cause I'd like kind of checked out. I don't know if it's cause I was so focused on my breathing, but it's like, I'd look at the clock and it was like, okay, it's 7am. Like where, I don't know. It felt like seconds, but time was flying by. Um, and I think I honestly was still just like straight up in denial that I was in active labor at this point. Um, so Trevor had sort of taken over time with my contractions. I guess he'd been talking to our doula and had decided that she should come over. Um, so I think she was headed towards us. And I, like, this wave of exhaustion hit me like nothing I have ever experienced. And, like, I've stayed up for a, a long time before. Like, I've worked all night and then been awake all day and gone to bed at night. And this was exhaustion like I've never experienced just from, like, stay. It's not just because I'd, like, been up all night. This was, like, a different um, type of exhaustion. And I lay down on our couch and started falling asleep in between each contraction. So like I would sleep for two minutes, wake up, have another contraction, go to sleep again. Um, also I had this had never clicked in my head before, but when your contractions are lasting a minute and they're only three minutes apart, like you only get like two minutes in between. I don't know why that, I don't know why that had never like I don't know. I hadn't thought that the like contraction time like goes into that until I was like experiencing it. Um, so yeah, I sort of like fell into this like in and out sleep. I think I did that for about an hour, um, where I was just like laying on my side and falling asleep. And then I would wake up, have a contraction and then go right back to sleep. Um, so I don't know if that was my body's way of like giving me a little break. Mm -hmm. I have no idea, but like it wasn't intentional. I didn't mean for it to happen. My body just kind of like took over. Um, our doula showed up to our house between, like nine and nine thirty, and um, kind of took over from where Trevor had been doing like some counter pressure using the rebozo on my hips, that type of thing. And she sort of like took over, um, and was a really like comforting presence for us both. Um, she started like helping me through contractions. She got down on my level. And I think this was like the first time the dots like truly connected that I was in labor because mentally, like I still, I still think I was like waiting for this to stop and then like early labor start. I don't, mm. I don't know. I just was like so ready to have that like early labor phase. And I felt like I skipped it. Um, 
but she like got down in my face and she was like, you're doing a great job. You are going to meet your baby by lunch today. And I was like, what? No, like I just started, like I need to go to sleep first and pack my bag and like take a shower and then we can have the baby. Um, but yeah, so she like was really helpful and encouraging, even though she was only at her house for a little bit, it was still like very worth it to have her there in those moments. And I think that's when I like finally like it clicked that I was like, I'm having a baby. Um, so she's watching me having contractions and the next contraction she said, Oh, did you just start pushing? Um, and I was like, no, what? No, definitely not. Like one, I just found out I'm having a baby like five minutes ago. Um, definitely not pushing. And she was like, okay, but like, let's watch you have the next, your next contraction. And, um, I had another contraction and she was like, um, yep, sure enough. You're like kind of grunty. Like you're, you are sort of pushing. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to. And she was like, I think you should probably take your pants off and we should make sure a baby's not coming. And I was like, what? Like, definitely this isn't happening. So I took my pants off. I, she's a doula. So she's like not trained to check me, um, or anything like that. So she was like, just put your hand there and like, see if you feel baby's head. And I was like, I better not feel a baby's head, but like felt, I didn't feel anything. Um, I did have at that time, I lost like a huge amount of like, kind of like bloody mucus. Um, mm. and I also involuntarily peed that time it was pee and I knew I was peeing, <laughs> um, but it was involuntary on my living room floor. I was like, hi, oh, peeing guys. And like, it's okay. It's, it is what it is. Um, and so she, and she said to my husband, she was like, okay, go get some warm blankets. And Trevor was like, I'm going to go start the car. Like, didn't get yes. the warm blankets, like yeah. started the car. Um, we are about 27 minutes away from our, Ooh. our birth hospital. Um, and it's also like a snowy Monday morning. Um, and we have to take like the highway and there could be some like rush hour traffic cause it's Monday morning anyway. So we get me in the car at this point, I can't sit on my like bottom in the like seat of the car. So I kneel in the passenger seat of our car, holding the headrest Um, so I'm like backwards, you know, like hugging the headrest and, uh, that's how we drove to the hospital. Our doula followed us just in case we needed to pull over. Um, and Trevor was like, we're getting you to the hospital. Like we're, we're going to go to the hospital. Cause also part of our birth plan, we decided, okay, I'm GBS positive. We really wanted us. We really wanted me to get antibiotics. So we're feeling a little nervous about that whole situation. Um, we are on our way to the hospital. I just remember trying to like do the math in my head of like, okay, it's 27 minutes and I'm having contractions every three. How many more car contractions do I have to do? Um, and at this point I do notice that like, I'm scarily like pushing with each contraction. So I was like, this is a weird, weird feeling. Mm. Um, also this is the point when we realize we have still not called our midwife. So now would be a good time to do so. Um, they are out of like, they don't stay in the hospital. They're a private practice. So like they have to go to the hospital and like meet us there. Um, so Trevor is like, has the GPS on one phone is like calling the midwife on the other. And I remember him, her saying, can I, can I talk to Carly? And he puts the phone in my face and I just go, uh, and she was like, okay, I'll see you there. Like (laughs) there's no words happening. Like I was not able to like verbalize what was happening to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we make it to the hospital. Um, that's where we have to say goodbye to our doula. And, um, Trevor took me inside, took me up to triage and, you know, kind of is like doctor mode kicked in. He like rolls me into triage and he's like, she needs penicillin. Like now, like we need to start antibiotics. Mm -hmm. We're not sure like how far along she is. Um, I had opted not to have any vaginal exam cervical checks prior to like when I knew that I would need to be checked to be admitted to the hospital. So I was checked for the first time. Then I was seven centimeters dilated when they checked me. Um, 
And they got me into a room with like my antibiotics started like I, it was like 15 minutes from the time that like, we rolled into triage, I think. So I was like awesome. in my delivery room pretty quickly. Um, that was about, so I was like 1045 in the morning. Um, and at that point, my, my midwife's not there yet. So it's like a staff midwife and the like labor and delivery nurses who are like taking care of me right now. Cause we beat our midwife there because we didn't tell her that I was in labor. <laughs> um, that's, that was totally on us. So they have checked me that first time. And then she comes in and she checks me again. Cause I'm like, guys, I'm pushing like, you told me when I feel like I need to push, like that means the baby's coming. And like, they check me again and she's like, you're still seven centimeters. Like you're actually not progressing anymore at this moment. And I'm going, okay, but like, why, so why am I pushing? And I remember feeling really confused in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, my midwife got there and with her, just this like calming presence that was such a godsend. It's like one of the reasons why we feel so, so happy that she was our Um, midwife that was on call because she like everyone else up to this point like the hospital staff they were fine they were competent they were doing their jobs but they were sort of like loud and chaotic and just like saying what was happening and my midwife Mickey got there and like put her head right next to mine and was like whispering in my ear and was like okay between next contractions like this is what we're going to do you're going to roll onto your back we're going to do this and it was just this like calm presence that I needed so much because at this Mm -hmm. point I'm sort of like I think I had been progressing and like in my head and my breathing space, like really well, right up until the point that we did this like really chaotic 30 minute car ride. Now I feel like I'm pushing, but like, but I'm not dilated yet. Why is that happening? And I was just like, totally like rocked in my like environment. So I sort of like just halted at this like seven centimeters. Um, she told me that I was, um, probably experiencing the fetal ejection reflex because of the baby's positioning. This happens sometimes. I think she had potentially like maybe turned a little posterior or something. Um, and that's why I was like feeling this like urge to push, but she was like, you can't like, I need you to not push yet because I, um, you're not fully dilated. And so like this, like, this is where we're at. We need you to keep trying to like move positions and progress. So she was like, I'm not going to keep checking you, even though you feel like you need to push. Um, we're going to wait until something's different. I am going to come in at 1 p.m. and check you again then. And if nothing's changed, we might have to talk about other options um, because you're like having such a strong urge to push. So then it was kind of just like Trevor and I were left alone um, for a couple hours. And um, honestly, that's like was exactly what I needed. Trevor did a really, really good job of keeping me moving. So we just like kind of cycled through like sitting backwards on the toilet going to hands and knees, doing like lunges, leaning over the side of the bed, kind of like just keeping me moving, whatever he could do to keep me moving. Um, and he also, we, we made this by we, I mean, I had made a little like note on my phone that was shared with him that I kind of, uh, put a, like a cheat sheet of like a bunch of the education, um, sheets from the birth course. And then also like, okay, for each stage of labor, here's positions and here's things to try. And so he, oh, I like, love that looked at the note, was like, okay, she's seven centimeters. It kind of seems like a seven centimeter stall. These are the positions we're going to try. So he like got me in like left side lying. We did like the left side lying release. He also got me doing like a deep like lunge at the side of the bed on a stool. Um, and with every, at this point, my contractions were pretty much continuous, but the urge to push would kind of like that would be what would like peak and then like decrease a little bit. Um, and every time that would peak, I would like be actively bleeding. You could see like bright red blood coming out. I was like trying not to push when my body was bearing down was by far the most intense feeling of this whole process. Um, 
And so that was happening pretty regularly, consistently. And right before, it was probably like 1245, right before one o'clock, Trevor's going, okay, we're doing the same things. We haven't really seen anything different happen. And I know that our midwife's going to come back here at one o'clock, check her. And if she hasn't progressed, like, what are they going to suggest? Because like Carly's not progressing. They're concerned about her cervix and the pressure that's being put on it while it's not fully dilated. So he was like, Carly, we're going to get into the shower. And I was like, what? No, like that will mean like I have to take the tens unit off and I have to like finish getting all the way naked. And it felt like the bathroom was a mile away from the bed where I was, I was like, can't do it. And he was like, we're getting in the shower. So he got me up, he got me in the shower. I sat in like a low, like the deepest, lowest squat, um, on the bathroom floor. It was sort of like an open bathroom that had like a shower sprayer nozzle. And he held that like on my lower back. And we just like stayed like that for about 15 minutes, maybe a little longer. Um, I guess it was longer because we waited a little past one and they hadn't come back in yet. So he was like, okay, we're going to go back to the bed now. We went back to the bed. I was on hands and knees in the bed. And there was at the peak of a contraction, I absolutely felt my baby turn inside my pelvis. I felt like a deep, like a deep turn. Yeah. I don't know. It was like, it, I could feel her head moving and it was at the, it was at the very end of a contraction. And I said, Trevor, something's changed. It's different. It's different. Like, get, like get, get her in her now. Like it's different. And she walked in the room right then it was one fifteen, and she was like, okay, I'm back to check you again. We hadn't heard any like loud noises. So we thought you guys were doing okay. And I was like, it's cause I was in the shower and you just couldn't <laughs> hear us. I was still making all the like mooing noises. Um, so anyways, she's like, we're going to check you. So she puts a glove on, I get on my back and she goes to check me and she's like, Oh no, plus four baby's crowning. Like, <laughs> like you're ready to push right now. Um, so oh. that was at one fifteen, and, um, with the next contraction, they were like, um, you can push. I was like, I think I am. They were like, no, you're still, tr- you're still like panting. Like you're trying not to. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I like <laughs> let my, I just like let go and like let my body do its thing. And I will say I, I had been nervous about like what pushing the baby out would feel like best feeling in the world after trying to not push for like three hours. It was like, I just like let my body do what it wanted. I, I kind of like instinctually curled into a ball over my belly. So like sort of laying on my back, but like sitting up a little more held my legs and I could actually see my baby coming out while I was pushing. I was like tucked into like a tiny ball and, um, yeah, I watched her come out, um, after like this whole process that had like seemed like a second, but had been taking a little bit of time. I assumed the pushing was the same. And I was like, how long were we pushing? And she was like, your baby was born at one twenty. It was less than five minutes. And, um, she was there, she was out, um, healthy baby girl. She weighed seven pounds, 14 ounces. Um, yeah, it, that part was like all a blur. So amazing to meet her. She got to like lay on my chest right away. Um, Trevor cut the cord after we had like waited a little while until it stopped pulsating. Um, she got to breastfeed in those like first few minutes. Um, I did have some like tearing so that that part was like less enjoyable and was kind of like took a little while, um, in the next like hour or so probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have cervical tearing on both sides of my cervix because of, uh, my body pushing prior to being completely dilated. Um, and because of that, they actually did bring in the, they talked momentarily about me potentially needing to go to the OR for repair. Um, but because I wasn't bleeding much and, um, I got pain medication right after she was born so that I could like try to hold still enough for them to do the repair at the bedside. And they were able to bring 
the OB that was on call in to assist the midwife. And it took a little while, but um, they got my cervical, my cervix repaired on both sides. And then I did have like a stage two tear. So like nothing crazy, but just like mm. enough like small tears that it just like took a little bit of time. And the cervical tears just take time because they're deep, you know, like they're kind of up inside of you. So you, they yeah. have to use like instruments to like um, visualize what they're doing. So yeah, well, I just like, it was such, such an incredible feeling when she came out and they put her on my chest. Um, and yeah, I'll like, I'll never forget it. That was like, hands down, one of the best moments of my life. Carly, that was a really powerful birth story. And I appreciate the way you told it. Cause I felt like I could visualize, like I was sitting next to you, just watching that whole thing unfold. Um, I have nothing but incredible, incredible gratitude for you sharing that right now. Like, I feel like women are going to listen to this and just feel all the empowerment possible. That's so amazing. I love that you had the opportunity to feel your baby turn. Um, I love too, that even the like, no, you're like kind of panting. Like I've been there, like you don't even realize, but just those like little cues, like realizing like you can take like those tiniest cues and like tune back into yourself. And ah, that's so cool. So what a neat birth story. Thank you for sharing that. That was amazing. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, before we go, um, just so we won't make this too long of an episode, I know, but I still like I love to hear you shared a little bit about your postpartum and stuff. But if you had advice, and maybe you asked your husband too, if not, that's totally fine. But I just I love to ask moms and dads at the end, like if you had one thing or like your best advice that you could give to moms that are coming up to their own births, what would that be? Um Okay. So I thought about this a little bit and I will say that my advice for new moms, I think, I think my advice is kind of directed towards the moms that are like me. So this is like what I would have wanted someone to be able to tell me before I experienced this. And that is go ahead and like prepare, especially if you're somebody who likes to study and prep for things, you know, like do some preparation. And I would say the biggest part of that should be finding a birth team and a support person who you know and can fully trust and that you know is like on your side so that you don't have to think about those things um, like in the moment. But in the end, know that your body knows what to do. I, I'm i laughing looking back at myself because it's like I was studying, like I needed to pass a test on labor. Like that's how I was like... <laughs> right that's how I was preparing. But in the moment, the biggest thing I could do for myself was to just get out of my own head to like retreat into that like breath work and meditation I'd practice and to get out of my way because my body like my body knew exactly what it was doing. I mean, half of my 12 hours of labor, I didn't even know I was in labor and my body was still doing what it needed. You know what I mean? Like, I all I needed to do was just like get out of my own way. So yeah, do like prepare in the sense that like knowledge is power, like empower yourself come up with a birth team that can like fight for the things that are important to you. But then like, don't work, don't sweat it because like your body knows what it's doing. So I don't know. That's, I think would have been like the most helpful thing for me to hear. That's excellent advice. I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> well, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for your incredible birth story, for your wisdom, for sharing so deeply and intimately about how it all unfolded, but also the preparation and, and stuff that came before about your pregnancy and everything. I'm super grateful for that. And I can't wait for other women to hear this. So thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. 
That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.